Bunk Podcast Dancing Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Hi, Adam. I'm okay. I don't know how you're doing today, but I- I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I like to call this show, in, in my mind, sometimes the show is Jets Therapy <laughs> for me. Well, well, the good news is that both of our teams are on bye, so we will... That's correct. Not have to suffer through uh, weeks of football this week with no uh, Cowboys or Jets on. That's uh, that's the uh, the good news. But yeah, a lot of a lot to dissect from that Monday night game. I mean, that was um, interesting, to put it mildly. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> interesting is a word. It's weird. It's it's weird when you watch a game, you see p, and then you see people on Twitter in the dreg, and like you know the the dregs of Twitter say theorizing that the Jets intentionally threw this game and me saying that there might be some ca- some credence to that theory. Well, because look, <laughs> listen, they, I know they didn't because that's ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. That'd be something. <laughs> that would be something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me, but I I'm sure they didn't, but the amount of, but the decisions in the fourth quarter don't really help their case resembled the, the decisions that a oh and eight team would make oh and nine i mean you're up by seven in the fourth quarter with five minutes left and you decide oh let's take a deep shot to to denzel mims and pick on this corner that we've already beaten twice jc jackson I mean, in theory, not a bad idea, but a guy who's been in the league for 12 years, like Joe Flacco, has got to see the second safety coming in. I mean, also on the broadcast, Brian Greasy, oh, you know, great quarterback, Brian Greasy. I wonder how he did when he was playing for the Broncos. and Wow. If he is able to see that, Ryan Griffin was the open read there. Ryan Griffin was wide open. There was literally nobody on that side of the field. Then what is Joe Flacco's excuse? Joe Flacco is elite. He makes elite throws. And he just pressed his luck one too many times. Elite quarterbacks make mistakes, Adam. I'm aware. And Joe Flacco is definition of elite. Also, I mean, the defense just didn't really help either because they were just allowing all these short completions to cam shout out though to the jets defense for stopping damian harris yeah well it helped a lot of people last night not having damian harris go off that we'd rather not uh, have what happened to damian harris i mean he basically got smirked by neville hewitt yeah and now it looks like it's going to be the uh the rex burkhead show in uh in new england but that aside, I mean, I don't know. It's bet, it's progress. This, they played this game really hard. He um, lost the game by three instead of by fifteen. That's that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like the Giants. Like this team doesn't know how to win and to finish. Well, I think the Giants right now are in a better position than the Jets are, and I know I'm splitting hairs when I say that. No, I mean the fact that like the Giants have lost so many close games. 
Fair. It's no that that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. Where it's like, yeah, the team knows how to finish. Doesn't know how to finish. And I mean that that comes with when they're now it's a young team basically, and the team doesn't doesn't know how to finish. I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but I'm going to say it because it's not something that you haven't heard before. I give a lot of credit to Bill Belichick and to Josh McDaniels for crafting a game plan that kept the offense on the field for the most amount of time possible, especially in that second half where the Jets had the ball for a total of eight minutes yes. in the second half. And the Patriots had the ball for 22. That, that, that to me, that's the winning formula is keeping your defense off the field, especially a defense that we all know hemorrhages points. That doesn't make a ton of plays, but it only took one play to completely swing the entire fortune of the game. And I believe they said on the broadcast last night, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Adam, that the Jets only had one offensive snap in the fourth quarter. I thought it was four. Four, whatever it was. Still bad. Still Still bad. bad. Still very bad. What it comes down to for me is the Jets are not in a position where they want to be winning games. I know that they're going to compete, and I know that they're going to go out there and play hard. I understand that. But they are in a position where they don't want to win games because you have Jacksonville, you have Dallas, you have the Giants to an extent that are all in the running for that number one overall pick. And the Jets get that. They hold all the cards. They can trade that pick and get a fucking haul. They could keep the pick and they could draft probably the safest, cleanest quarterback prospect that there's been in, Jesus, probably the last 10 years at least. If they I would say go, the last eight, probably. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's kind of like that same mold. That's actually a very good comparison that it's kind of like you're drafting an Andrew Luck. That's what Trevor Lawrence is. He's that clean. And that's a pick where if you have all the pieces that you could surround Trevor Lawrence with, this is a kid that's a star in this league for the next 15 years. The Jets don't have that on their roster with all respect to Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was done in by the fact that they had no pieces surrounding him. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Sam Darnold goes off to somewhere else and becomes a star. Well, if he's a bit, yeah, in a better situation with good, good receivers, good coaching, good offensive line, then yeah, of course. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me one bit, but that's the, that's the downside though, with the jets taking Trevor Lawrence is does it make sense to go out and draft another quarterback when this team has so many holes in other spots or do they trade that pick get multiple first round picks for the next three or four years and retool that entire team that's a conversation that we're going to have to have and i think it's a fascinating one see that is one of those things where if you trade that pick and then it's like then it's like the dan marino thing again where it's like in a way yeah in a way, the Jets didn't draft Dan Marino. They drafted Kenny O'Brien. And like, sure, Kenny O'Brien was good. He was all right, but he's not Dan Marino. I think 
Dan Marino probably w- would have won a Super Bowl if he was on if if he was on the Jets. Those teams were really good in the eighties. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But and, I think at the end of the day, the Jets, like I said, have so many holes on that football team that what true. they could do with multiple first round picks for the next three or four years, and then if you're including potentially second and third round picks, which they already have, them. also, yeah, they, it could help the entire team and that could be a Jets version of a Herschel Walker sort of trade. It's true. I think I mean Joe Douglas is the guy to do it, honestly. If he he was able to get a haul for Jamal Adams. Right. And Jamal right. Adams isn't hasn't even looked half the player that he was with the Jets in Seattle. No. No. But then again, it and it all comes back to that. Jamal Adams, they got two first round picks for, am I correct? Yep. Two first round picks. You trade Trevor Lawrence and you get more first round picks on top of that. So the Jets could have, in addition, possibly they could have over the next three years, if they make that trade where they're trading Trevor Lawrence, you're talking about a Jets team in the next three years that could have four or five first round picks, Mm -hmm. which is so incredibly valuable. Yes. I mean, and there and there's yeah. a chance that the Jets are only trading down one spot. So you could you could beat the Jets and you could trade down one spot and you could take if you want to take Justin Fields, you could take Justin Fields. I mean, that's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I know he's not a Trevor Lawrence, but you could definitely take a Justin Fields if you want a quarterback that bad and still have years of insurance down the line if you're if you're the New York Jets but if you're not going to go in that direction you could go for a I don't know a Penny Sewell out of Oregon if you want to draft another offensive lineman to continue to build that offensive line if you want to draft a Micah Parsons out of Penn State who for me is one of the cleanest linebacking prospects I've seen in a long time Uh, inside or outside I'm sorry does he play inside linebacker or outside linebacker? Do you know? Uh, inside. Oh, well, that's good. Inside. Definitely need that. Yes. I mean, if you want to take a, if you want to take a receiver, you pass could take rusher. a you could take a Jalen Waddle. Yeah. If you want to take, uh, if you want to take a pass rusher, you could definitely go ahead and do that. You could take, uh, oh, what's his name from LSU? Uh, Gregory Rousseau. You could take him. I mean, there are so many options that the Jets can go in try and explore in this in this draft and we're not even considering also that the kid from Alabama Mac Jones is still in this discussion that he's had such a good start to the season that there are people putting him in the first round of the NFL draft so you could be talking about four quarterbacks and or Trey Lance also he well, could be right, up there that's, too. that's what I was going for you could have four yeah. quarterbacks that are going in the top 10 with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance. So if the Jets are hell-bent on taking a quarterback, then there are other options there besides Trevor Lawrence where you can take a quarterback, yet you have more insurance down the road. So it, it's going to be a very, very interesting uh, discussion as to how the Jets go about deciding what they're going to do. But they have to get the number one overall pick first. And, uh, and Dallas. Dallas is terrible. Jacksonville is absolutely terrible. 
I was hoping that Jacksonville would, was actually going to win against uh, Houston because I would love to have the uh, number two overall pick. That would be absolutely awesome. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, it'll be, it's a very interesting discussion that uh, Jetsland is going to probably have, and I think it would be a decision that most Jets fans probably won't be too happy with if, uh, if they do decide to trade Trevor Lawrence, but uh, trade the pick, which would be Trevor Lawrence. I don't think it would be the worst decision in the world, though, just because he, that's a pick that you can leverage your future on, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, I think also, I mean, the Jets have at least one really great offensive lineman. Hopefully he he's fine. Uh, Mekhi Becton, he's yeah, looked he's be, really he, He's built like a house. He's looked really good. Yeah. Like really, really good. But, he's very good. Uh, hopefully that MRI comes back. Yeah, I've been, I've been, me personally, I've been very, very impressed with yeah. Kai Beckton. No, well, you he, saw that he, he, you know, he left with the chest injury. Right, yeah. right. And and overall, I've been very impressed with him. I know that um, I was not, I don't want to say I, w- I wasn't high on him, but I wasn't sky high on him like I was with someone like Andrew Thomas. But Kai Beckton, so far for me, if we're talking all of those tackles that were drafted early on that, you know, that core four tackles of Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs. I think Mekhi Becton's looked the best. I agree. So yeah. far, so far. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we still, we haven't even talked about the Patriots, which is kind of crazy. Um, well, you know how it is on the show. The Jets true. dominate. You, you, you try and talk about the Jets in every breathing second that you have. I thought Cam looked good. The two rushing touchdowns definitely helped him. Uh, he had a pretty good night passing. I think he only had two or three incompletions. It was actually uh, oh, eight incompletions. He had eight incompletions, it turned it out to be. 27 for 35. Okay. All right. Um, but, th- yeah, the thing is, they were that was like a Tom Brady thing that he was doing. He was throwing so many short passes, like constantly. I mean, the Jets were giving it to him. Because they weren't playing tight man coverage, like they were playing very soft coverage. I mean, bless Austin. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he just he just couldn't couldn't do anything. Yeah, which is which is why Cam Newton was able to get all that stuff underneath, and why the drives were able to be extended. Because, I mean, they were available. It was available. It, yeah, like you're gonna play on third and twenty, or first and twenty. You're gonna play all the way to the sticks, like. And let them almost get the uh, almost get the first on the first play, if not for a holding a, a holding penalty that saved it that saved it. I mean, yeah. come on, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. just something you don't expect. And then we have uh, Rex Burkhead scored last night. Twelve carries for him. Mm-hmm. He, he'll be talking about in this show more because if the injury to Damian Harris is severe enough to keep him out, looks like it's gonna be Rex Burkhead and James White in the backfield yeah. for for New England. And then, of course, Jacoby Myers, who will we will definitely be talking about. So I think uh, we can put this Monday night game to bed and uh, we can move right along to uh, to waivers. Yep. Well, I feel better about it. I think I would probably be the only Jets fan that would be happy if the Jets trade that first overall pick. You're getting a fucking haul for it because it. I, I just don't understand. Tanking has ruined it. Another reason for me to hate the, the Philadelphia 76ers. We have we have a draft show that we could talk all about it. Tanking has ruined the sport. That's a matter of opinion. Ruined it. It's ruined Anywho. sports in general. 
Uh, anyway, so this waiver show, this waivers, these waivers, very exciting stuff. Uh, the teams that are on by this week are the aforementioned New York Jets and Dallas Cowboys. Exciting stuff. The Kansas City Chiefs are also on by, and the Atlanta Falcons are also on by. And I believe that's it. It's a big week for buys. Yes. It's a very, very big week for buys. Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Quad Calvin Edwards Ridley. Cal- yes, Calvin Ridley, Quad Edwards Lair, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Ezekiel Elliott. Yes. Even though he probably wasn't by last week, Amari Cooper, Jameson Crowder, Dallas Goddard, Elite Joe Flacco, Garrett Gilbert. Oh, I love Garrett Gilbert. Great guy. CD Lamb. Yeah, it's a big, big, big week for buys. Yes. So, with that being said, for quarterbacks, as far as bye week fill ins and just general players that you should be picking up, who are your top three? Well, I will say, you know, if, if anybody is looking for a quarterback to replace a Patrick Mahomes this week, it is a pretty healthy streaming environment if you are looking for a potential one-week fill-in. Um, a couple guys that I'm looking at, but there isn't really anybody that jumps off the page for me. Um, if Carson Wentz is available, he could be a f- okay start Sunday 1 o'clock against the Giants. If Derek Carr is available at home versus Denver, I think that's a good start. Both are owned in over 50% of leagues, but if they are available in your league, I, I think you, you really can't go uh, too wrong with that. But in terms of my top three and who I would pick up for this week, I would say my number three addition would be Drew Locke going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. My number two add would be Tua Tagovailoa going up against the Chargers at home. And then my number one ad, and I can't believe I'm saying this, so Adam, cover your ears. <sighs> it's Jared Goff, isn't it? Jared Goff, yeah, against Seattle. Well, they are the worst team against quarterbacks. Yep. The last ranked team against quarterbacks. Yep, they are dead last. They give the most points to the quarterback position, and Jared Goff is definitely in line for a big, big bounce back after I can only put it mildly, probably his worst game of the season against uh, Miami. Well, it was a good time for a bye, let me tell you. Yes, the bye definitely came in, uh, came right when it needed to, for sure. And then if, I mean, if you really want to live on the edge, I could even suggest Nick Foles going up against Minnesota at home Yep, on, on that- Monday night. That's a bit risky, though, because it is Monday night and it's yeah. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But if people want to play the matchup and have that Monday night delight, then Nick Foles could be that, maybe. One thing that's interesting, I don't know if you saw the news. Uh, this is related to quarterbacks, is that Ben Roethlisberger was placed on the reserve COVID list. Yes. He is tested negative for COVID-19 but he is a close contact with Vance McDonald who actually tested positive for COVID-19. Correct. So it was him and a bunch of other Steelers yep. who were placed on the list. 
So that's worth monitoring. Um, I think Baker Mayfield, they said, might be coming off in time for practice tomorrow, Wednesday. Yeah. Coming off the list. If Baker does come off the COVID list, then I would put Baker in there over Drew Locke. Yeah, because Baker has a great matchup against Houston. Yes. At home, too. At home. Yeah. Who are the third worst against the quarter against quarterbacks? Correct. Um, yeah. All right. So moving on to the running backs. This is one of those also where there are a lot of injuries <laughs> you have to worry about. A lot, a lot of injuries. Yeah. Um May like Tevin Coleman, for example, Devontae Freeman, Matt Breida, Mark Ingram, Carlos Hyde. These players who might be on your waiver wires, but are also injured and probably is the reason why they're on their, on your waiver wires. So that it's worth monitoring that definitely because well, yeah, it's self-explanatory. Why? So who are your top three picks? Well, going down the list here, there are a good amount of, in my opinion, at least, startable running backs if you're looking for a stream this week. If I'm going off of my gut instinct and I'm going off of what I really see as guys that can contribute right away, for me, number three, I'm going with Gus Edwards, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Number two, I'm going for Duke Johnson of the Houston Texans. Of course, that is contingent upon David Johnson not being able to suit up for this week with the concussion that he suffered on Sunday. And number one, this is a bit of an interesting one, and I don't think we've talked enough about the kind of contributions that he has made, and he just meets the threshold as well. And that's J.D. McKissick running back for the Washington football team. I think J.D. McKissick has been someone that is really heavy, heavy, heavy reliant on PPR. So in non-PPR, I don't think J.D. McKissick really is your play. But in PPR, he absolutely has got to be added. He's owned in 47.9% of ESPN leagues. And all this guy does is just rack in receptions. He's a very, very steady floor play. And if that's what you're looking for, and you're looking for someone that's going to give you a really nice floor each and every week in your flex position, then J.D. McKissick could be your guy. If you're looking for somebody that can fill in with Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley or Clyde Edwards-Alaire on bye, J.D. McKissick could be that guy as well. So it's also a J.D. McKissick revenge game going to Detroit and playing the Lions. So that's also something that you want to uh, take into consideration there. But I forgot that you played for the Lions, honestly. Well, look at me. I'm just a bevy of knowledge, aren't I? J.D. McKissick, for me, he's he's a very, very easy lock and play. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like with Alex Smith being the guy. Again, not it being Kyle Allen. But I don't think the usage for J.D. McKissick is really going to change a whole lot. It's very clear that Ron Rivera wants him to be the passing downs guy as opposed to Antonio Gibson. And I think that role is not going to change very much for J.D. McKissick. So I, I like him a whole lot. Yep. Well, I'm surprised you didn't talk about Rex Burkhead, honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it all it all comes down to, I guess it's contingent, like like Duke Johnson, is 
you know, what is the status of Damian Harris? If Damian Harris, they rule out already, then absolutely Rex Burkhead needs to be added. No, no questions asked. I just don't like his matchup this week against Baltimore. So maybe that's one you pick up and don't necessarily start right away. But yeah, if Damian Harris, if something is up with him, then yeah, then absolutely you should be picking up uh, Rex Burkhead and probably holding him. I don't know if I would be uh, starting him right away unless you really are in a running back conundrum. What about uh, every Giants fan's favorite running back, Wayne Goldman? Um, I, again, it's all it's all contingent on Devontae Freeman. That's true. Back. So if Devontae Freeman's back in the picture, then I don't know if Wayne Goldman has the same value. Okay. And it's, this is one that I want to update from uh, from last week. Cam Akers. Cam Akers. I'm gonna I'm gonna smash that into people's heads. Cam Akers. Go pick him up. All right. Well, there you go. Cam Akers. You heard it here first. He's only owned in 28.7% of leagues. Crazy enough. Yeah. Yeah. He's he is widely, widely available. So please. Beg you, go pick him up. Yeah, uh, Malcolm Brown is owned in more leagues than than Cam Akers is. Well, it's understandable because Malcolm Brown is is definitely uh, more used than than Cam Akers is. But I'm t- telling you, please go pick up Cam Akers and, and and another one too if he's available. He is just under the threshold. But Alexander Madison, go. Pick him up. These are the kind of players that win you leagues. Go yeah. pick him up and stash him. Yeah. Uh, an interesting thing about the Eagles running back situation, according to your favorite NFL Network reporter, who you've actually had a phone call, you've actually had a phone interview with. Ian. Yeah. Uh Miles Sanders is expected to return to practice this week. Okay. So there you go. Okay. So yeah, this might be this might be the last opportunity you're going to get to go buy low on Miles Sanders. And uh, yeah, okay. So cool. Let's move on to the wide receivers. And this is another situation where there are a fair amount of injuries, and just people being on the on the reserve COVID list also in the case mm-hmm. of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think you probably aren't too high on Richie James. No. No. Not for me. Yeah. Who who do you think is a good ad this week? So for me, it, this is actually a very straightforward list. I did not have to think about this too hard, believe it or not. Uh, my number three ad is Jalen Rieger. I'm still hammering that in. Go pick up Jalen Rieger. Go pick up Jalen Rieger. Go pick up Jalen Rieger. My number two ad is Jacoby Myers for the New England Patriots. Had a monster, monster, monster game last night. Please go pick him up. And my number one ad, and I've been saying this now for a couple weeks, Curtis Samuel. Go pick him up. The Panthers 
want to use him. Teddy Bridgewater loves him. Go pick him up. Especially if Christian McCaffrey is out this week. Especially. Go pick him up. His point totals from the past three weeks are actually astonishing. He's been really good. 17.3 points against the Saints. 21.4 points against Atlanta. And 26.8 points against Kansas City last week. And that's in full point PPR. The secret's out on on Curtis Samuel. And if you have him already, then good good for you. Because you you keep riding that until you can't ride it anymore. But if you missed out or if he's still out there, if you missed out, then tough luck. But if he's still out there, go pick him up. Yep, exactly. Because he will help you big time. Big, big, big time. And I think this is something I wanted to point out at the top, Adam, that I completely forgot about. This is an interesting week for waivers in a couple of different ways. I don't think there are guys on waivers this week that are going to help win people championships necessarily. But what I think this week is for, honestly, this, this week is not for the teams that are six and three, seven and two, that basically are in the playoffs already. This is not the week for them. This is the week for teams that are sitting at four and five, that are sitting at five and four, potentially could be sitting at three and six as well. This is the week for those teams to start shelling out and getting guys that can help them right now. This is the week for that. So if you're sitting at seven and three, excuse me, seven and two or six and three, this is the week that I would recommend, unless you have issues with buys or anything like that, that you sit out. But if you are good with where you are at, at seven and two, six and three, stay out of the picture. But five and four, four and five, three and six, you need to be in this week for, for waivers. That's number one. Number two, and this is the point that I was trying to, to get to with that whole winded ensemble, but now mm-hmm. we're here. This is very, very, very important, and this is aimed at people that are in fab leagues. Do not blow your fab before playoffs. Playoffs, you want to have at least 25% of your budget left. If you can go in with 20 to 25% of your total budget left, you've done very well. And thumbs up for you because now you have money to play with when you get into playoffs. So waiver waiver leagues, you know, put your claims in, do what you got to do. Totally. But if you're in fab leagues, and this is like what I guess this whole conversation is, you know, gravitating around. Fab leagues do not be blowing your fab on players that will only be fixes for one or two weeks because we've seen this before. Great example, just last year, and I know he didn't do anything week 16, but it's a prime example of someone that has an opportunity and comes out 
and as a guy that everybody was owning to start in week 16 championships. And that was Mike Boone. When Dalvin Cook went out and took his vacation in week 16, when people were riding him to championships, Mike Boone was a guy that was picked up everywhere. That kind of thing is going to happen again, where somebody is going to go out and there is going to be one waiver pickup that is going to be a guy that's owned maybe in 3% of leagues now that come week 14, week 15, week 16 will be owned in 70, 75, 80% of leagues. So moral of the story, keep hold of your fab. Keep hold of it. Do not go and spend big money this week if you can. If you have to, that's one thing. But if you can afford not to, I highly, highly, highly recommend just letting waivers run and making your free pickups tomorrow. Okay. That makes sense, though. That does. Because you never know, especially for waivers, there's there's two sides to it. Because not only is, when you pick up somebody, you have to drop somebody else. And Correct. What other people drop, that could be very enticing to you. If somebody drops somebody, is like, well, this guy sucks. He's not doing anything for me. And then he turns around and and uh, wins you next week, maybe two weeks down the line, then that's a good pickup. And you don't even have to spend any money on that, any fab money on that. Absolutely. I think, I think a prime example of that could be maybe in the next position that we go to when we talk about the tight ends, you know, Evan Ingram. I know, I know Evan Ingram was dropped in a few leagues and people picked him up. And Evan Ingram's been really good. Evan Ingram's been pretty consistent the last three weeks. So that's the kind of guy that we're talking about. That if there are guys now where, and we, we've reached this point in the season where big name players that are hurt, where there's no IR spots, but if you don't have an IR spot in your league with COVID this year, you know, your commissioner should be hung at the stake. We're at a point where big name players that aren't necessarily performing or big name players that aren't helping teams could be getting dropped. So keep an eye out for certain names and use your brain. Use your brain. We've been watching football together for the past nine weekends. At this point, we know who's good and we know who has had struggles. So just just use your heads and... Don't be going crazy if you see someone like, I don't know, a big name player that's, that's disappointed. Could be someone like a, I don't know, like a Hollywood Brown. That's a great example. A great example of a guy that was drafted fairly high that we weren't necessarily very high on, Adam, you and I. Right. We could be seeing getting dropped in a few leagues. If you have a need at wide receiver and you want to go shell out the money that's probably going to take to go get Hollywood Brown, do it. Go do it. I think he's a great bench piece, and you could, you know, you could you you could use him as someone that, if something happens to any of your starting receivers, you have backup with Hollywood Brown, or if someone sees name value in Hollywood Brown, you trade him for something else. You know, it's it, it's just all about using your head and and working the waiver wire and making these concrete, simple decisions that can help your team in the long run. But mortgaging your future, and your future, I say, 
in you know your your six to seven week future before the season's done. It's still on, a future. It's the immediate future. Yeah. Mortgaging the next six weeks of your fantasy seasons on one waiver week when there's not really a huge name that I think can really help people win is silly, is really, really, really silly. Now, and this is something I should have talked about when we talk about running backs, and then we'll move on to tight ends. Mike Davis. If Mike Davis was dropped and you see that he's there, pick him up. Pick him up, hold him, or pick him up, hit up the McCaffrey owner, and say, I have Mike Davis. Give me something for Davis. Bonus points if you make a ransom note out of letters that you cut out of magazines. (laughs) Adam. Adam, you naughty, naughty, naughty boy. Bad Adam. Sometimes adding a little flair to trade requests could be the one thing that pushes you over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) A little flair. A little flair. You could say that again. In the form of a ransom note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Tight ends, please. I hate these shows, but I love them so much. That is the required radio fantasy show motto. <laughs> oh, God. So for the tight ends, one tight end that somehow is still only just above the, the threshold of 50% is Dallas Goddard. Why are people not picking up Dallas Goddard? Really? He's at 53%, 53.5% owned. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that's surprising. Yep. That's very, very surprising. I, I'm, I'm shocked by that. Me too. Yeah. If Adam, it's a great call. Great call. If Dallas Goddard is available in your leagues, please go pick him up. Please, 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 please. Yep. Uh, one player also is Jordan Reed as well. He's owned in 37.1% of see, leagues. See, I dropped Jordan Reed this morning. Really? Yep. Yep. Not so, from our league. No, I, I dropped him in my uh, in my keeper league. I, I was able to uh, make the call to uh, to drop him just because I had Jordan Reed and I also had Jermichael Hasty, and I just want no part of the 49ers offense. So I just I just cut my ties. Fair enough. Yeah. So who are your top three picks? Top three ads for this week? Yeah, this is this is a very, very easy week, you know, for me to uh to go and make uh some some waiver calls. So number three is is Jordan Reed. Is Jordan Reed for sure, because I know some people are higher on the San Francisco 49ers offense than I am. My number two waiver ad of the week is Trey Burton for the Indianapolis Colts. So I think he's been on this list for probably the last three weeks. And then my number one waiver wire out of the week, and this is someone that has been injured. And if he is available, go pick him up because I think he is going to be heavily, heavily used. And that is Austin Hooper, tight end for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great pick though. That, that's a great uh, great ad. Just because um, if he's going to be back, he's, he's coming back from getting his appendix removed. It's there good. are a ton of targets now available with yes. no Odell. So yeah. Austin Hooper. See now, 
that that is a pickup that I think can win people leagues, but that's not one that I'm shelling my mortgage for, if that makes sense. Right. It's interesting about the Colts tight ends because it looks like neither Jack Doyle nor Mo Ali Cox will be suiting up on Thursday. No. No. So Trey Burton could really be a uh, a, a pretty good ad, but do you really want to trust a guy whose quarterback is Phillip Rivers? Not necessarily. No. But it's it, it's one that that you could definitely try and pick up and hope you get an end around to Trey Burton and he scores a rushing touchdown. Then then you're vindicated. Yeah. I wonder. You know, it's funny. You always see. I always see Taysom Hill on these lists on these on the waivers. Right. It's always funny because he's listed as the tight end. Yeah. I'm like that's like the one position that I don't think he ever is. He's ever lined up as. I can't wait for the day that someone actually starts Taysom Hill in fantasy, and I see it. He started in one point three percent of leagues. <sighs> What I would give, what I would give for one point three percent to be one of the leagues that I was in, because I think I would crucify that person. (laughs) Fuck Taysom Hill. Yeah. No, I, I just, I mean, just that's just a tangent of like, why is he, why is he listed as a tight end? Doesn't make any sense. Well, sir, because I think what they did, honestly, was they wanted him to be a position where. You could just plug him in as a flex or make him at an obscure position where it's easy to get him into lineups. Whereas if you listed him as a running back or a wide receiver, you're not starting Taysom Hill. Like, no, he will not crack your lineup. But at tight end, tight end is so shallow where you could pick him up and plug him in and be he'd be your starting tight end. And you're not taking a spot away from your running backs or your receivers. That That's how I interpret it, at least. Uh, I think that Taysom Hill, honestly, they should just label him as just flex or something like that. It would just make more, sense, make more sense to me. Because like in baseball, in fantasy baseball, they label players as multiple as multiple positions for so they can have increased eligibility. And you see like the utility players are like outfield, first base, second base, third base. So I think... It's true. That's yeah. true. You're right. And then like or you could just label him as like quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, that's I'm enough not, of that. I'm not on a post. Yeah. Because, I mean, they they already have cross-labeling with Cordero Patterson, who's labeled as both a wide receiver and a running back. Cordero Patterson, deep sleeper. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if Dave Montgomery uh, can't play on Monday. But then it's going to be... No, I think it's going to be Ryan Nall, probably. Uh, we don't want Ryan Nall. Fuck Ryan Nall. We want... I figured. Anyway, let's move on to the defenses, shall we? Surely. And uh, who are your top pickups this week for defenses? So I'm just going off of the Week 10 schedule and matchups that I particularly like off of defenses that may or may not be widely owned. So if I'm going off of this list, I would say the Saints 
is on that is definitely on that list at home versus the 49ers. I would say the Bucks against the Panthers if Christian McCaffrey's out. I think that could be a good one. I would say the Washington football team against Detroit could be an okay one. If Matt Stafford doesn't play. If Matt Stafford doesn't play, correct. And the big one for me is I, I use this cautiously just because of uh, Jake Luton, 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 uh, whatever his name is, Jake, Lu- Jake L, Jake L, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that is the Green Bay Packers. Unfortunately, we haven't learned we haven't learned the pronunciation for that yet. We'll work. We're working on it. We're working vigorously, night and day. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure out the time to to find how to actually say his name. How to actually say Jake Luton? Yeah, because like me personally, I look at that and I I see Luton. I see Luton also. Yeah, Jake Luton. That's what I say. But what do I know? I'm just I'm just a guy that sit that sits behind his laptop all day and talking to a microphone and spew shit. Yeah. Um it's interesting. That's an I mean it's an interesting play for for the uh for the Green Bay Packers going up against Jacksonville. There really there really isn't a defense this week, at least for me, that is a rock on ad. Yeah. Like I mean, you have of course you have of course Pittsburgh, you have of course Baltimore. You have, of course, Indianapolis, you know, top defenses that are pretty universally, you know, owned. But there isn't the, the Colts defense against the Titans, though. I would. Yeah. The Colts defense is good. Yeah. Colts defense is really good. So I would play him for sure. I don't know. You but would? I, I don't know if I would necessarily. Yeah. Just because the Titans offense is good. Is very good. They have yeah, a lot of weapons de- there, but defensive talent speaks a lot too. And if they're if the Colts are your only defense, you just start them. Yeah, they haven't I given mean, you a reason to sit them. It's true. It's true. Um, what about the Eagles going up against the Giants? Hmm. Hmm. Nah. Yeah, the, the Eagles defense isn't really that good. I t- I tend to like to avoid. Uh, Divisional matchups, especially against two really shitty teams. Yeah. Well, I think that, let me see. Uh, the Eagles, when it's they played the, life. No, I'm saying when they played the Giants on Thursday, like three, three weeks ago, it was, uh, they got nine points. And that was at home. That was at home. Yes. And that was at home. Yeah. That's why, that's why I think the saints and the Packers for me are the two defenses that I would really want to go out and try and get just because they are at home and they're not necessarily, they're not divisional matchups either. Those are just two that I would like to try and swing yeah. if you can. Well, speaking of Jake Luton, hopefully by the time we learn how to pronounce his name, he won't suffer a season ending injury. Like what that happened would... to Albert Ogwebunam. <sighs> Albert Ogwegunam. That was terrible. That's so sad. Yeah. I just learned his name. I know. I just learned how to say it. I know. Yeah. We, went, well, we learned Dare Ogbunwale. Oh, my fucking God. Dare Ogbunwale. <laughs> Dare Ogbunwale. Oh, my God. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Dare Ogbunwale. There you go. Finally learned his name. He got yep. cut from Tampa Bay. 
and now we now we finally learn how to say Albert Ogumbo. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Albert Ogwegbunam. Thank you, Albert Ogwegbunam. Finally learned his name after 500 times of trying, and now he's out for the season. So, well, Jake Butt, his name is easier to pronounce. He's Jake Butt's easy. Jake Butt's name is very easy to pronounce. Yes. Although I think it might be Nick Vanette, who's the backup tight end. Is it Jake Butt or Nick Vanette? I don't know. That might be one for a rainy day. But if Noah Fant plays, like you were saying, you were telling me about this off air, actually, about tight end premium leagues. Those are very, those sound very weird and interesting. What are those? Basically, tight end premium is you just count double points for, for tight ends. So, that's where you see like Travis Kelsey going in top five and George Kittle going in the top 10 and basically all the points that you get for tight ends, tight ends just become so much more valuable. You know, I feel like in the off season when there's nothing to do, we should do a show where we just talk about really weird, obscure fantasy football scoring systems and <sighs> how you can get around that and win and win a league. Oh, the vampire leagues, my favorite. Yeah. The vampire league. So I was, uh, it's funny because when you're talking about the uh, tight end premium leagues, I saw something, I was looking at some player and they were saying, oh, he might be at more action in the return game. So that's good for player, for leagues where you get points for return yardage. I'm like, what? Yikes. You have points for return yardage? That's so weird. That's a league. That's a league that I just want no part in. That's like, oh, Tyreek Hill is going to be going in the top 10. Well, he doesn't even return punts anymore. Miko Hardman is going in like the fifth round. Yeah. Braxton Berrios, Cordero Patterson. I mean, Tariq Cohen. Dwayne Harris. Yeah. Tariq Cohen, before he got injured, I'm sure he was yeah. going pretty high in that league because of it. I mean, sure, if you get like a punt return touchdown or kickoff return touchdown, that's touchdown. But like the yardage, Superb. I don't know. I don't know. But even if you get a return touchdown in, in like a standard league, if let's say you have CeeDee Lamb and CeeDee Lamb returns a touchdown, returns a punt for a touchdown, you get those points. No, yeah. Yeah, That's you get I'm those saying. points. Yeah. So that makes sense. But the, a, yardage, the yardage is um, interesting, to That's put why, it mildly. That's what I'm saying. That's why like, I think Tyreek Hill had a lot of upside when he was actually returning punts for Kansas City because you know right. he was going to maybe take one back to the house. Right. Mm-hmm. So – Yep. Otherwise, uh, that's kind of it, really. The one defense that we didn't mention that I'm sure everybody has anyway that's worth a start, regardless of who the opponent is, is Baltimore yeah. at this point. Yep. Going up against New England. Yep. I agree with you. I agree yep. with you completely. Let's preview Thursday Night Football between the Colts and the Titans. It's... uh. This one's an interesting game just for the sense that this is a game where, I don't know, you're going to have, you might have a fair amount of players going into this game. You have uh, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Jonathan Smith. So, yeah, we already talked about the tight end situation for the Colts where yep. it looks like Jack Doyle and Molly Cox might not be, might not be suiting up. Uh, A.J. Brown is still having that maintenance sort of deal on 
with the bone bruise in his knee. He missed he missed uh, the practice estimate. He missed quote unquote practice on Monday, and so that's kind of a maintenance thing. And Correct. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be playing. I mean, AJ Brown since he's come back from his injury, he's looked really good. Yeah, he has. So, and then Adam Humphries is also questionable going into this game, but uh, he's probably even if he plays, I don't think he's really worth worth it unless you're in like a really really deep league. Just because yeah. he he's the third receiver, he's the fourth option really, or fifth if you want to count Derrick Henry. True. So, as far as your starter meter is concerned, yep, Philip Rivers three. Jonathan Taylor. Five. Naeem Hines. Four. Zach Pascal. Four. Um T.Y. Michael Hilton. Pittman. Michael Pittman. Two. T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton if he plays. Yeah. Two. Uh, um, and then Trey Burton. Six. All right. And for the, Titan, for the Titans, Ryan Tannehill? Seven. Derrick Henry? Nine. A.J. Brown? Eight. Corey Davis? Eight. Adam Humphreys? Three. Jonah Smith? Eight. Anthony Ferkser? Three. Okay. There you go. And deep, the defenses, too, you, you could start both those defenses, and I would not be too upset at you for doing it. Yeah, well, I think the tight the Titans defense is probably a better play than the Colts. I don't know. See, I would disagree. I think the Colts defense is a better play than the Titans just because of turnover potential. Yeah, well, Ryan Tannehill is only throwing three interceptions all year. Well, there are there are there are things called fumbles. Yes. Is he, so does that, he lead the that league in fumbles? Happen. Does Ryan Tannehill lead the league in fumbles or something? Well, no, I'm just saying that, that the balls could get knocked out and then you have sack potential as well. So the Colts defense has a knack for for, uh, for turnovers. So, All right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have the Colts defense, then I, like you said a couple minutes ago. Yeah, if you, ha- if you have them, start them. Yeah. So. Have them, start them. With that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Quizifitational, and our new segment, our new show, The Debate. And that's all on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. On Friday, as per usual, we'll be doing our preview for Week 10. We've finally reached double digits. Very exciting stuff. And we'll be previewing Week 10 and talking about the Thursday night game between the Colts and the Titans. So stay tuned for that. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castro. We'll talk to you next time on the Business Talk Podcast. Bye-bye.